Hey, everybody. Welcome to the High Impact Podcast. You guys know by now, my goal is always to connect you guys with the super cool people in my life and just encourage you to take that next action step. And what better action taker than Karen Diamorm? She's here with us today, and we're going to go all over the place. Karen, welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited about this one. Karen has been a a mentor for me. Um, we met last summer, and ever since then, you've just been this wealth of knowledge and this ginormous ball of fire, which we'll go all over, <laughs> all over that. But Karen, tell us just a smidge about yourself, just just a smidge about Karen. Maybe not necessarily the realtor, but about Karen the person. So um, I. Uh, have been in the States for 20 years, so I am an All-American, yes. um, which I'm very proud to be, um, but I've uh, traveled around the world a little. Um, I am married to a wonderful husband who um, is from South Africa, um, and we have two fantastic children. They really um, are. I run at a fast pace we um we don't slow down much in my family life is fast and we try and bundle 25 hours into 24 and um that's pretty much how we go and you literally run you're a runner I am a runner yes I do that as well have you always been a runner no I haven't um I actually started running um one day my daughter came up to me put her hand on my tummy and said "Oh, oh mommy you're squishy Oh. And um, I went into work at that time. I was working um, uh, in corporate America and went into work and said, OK, girls, help me. And one of the, the girls in the office was a runner and she said, let's run a half marathon. And I said, OK. <gasps> and um, that was six, seven years ago, maybe. And um, yeah, that was the start of oh, my, my running career. Goodness. Before that, I had never run at all <laughs> is, is so and I have trouble running but is there a piece of advice if somebody I like the idea of it my, I don't know that my my feet would love it so much just with injuries and stuff but is there is there something that you can do to kind of become a runner um, I mean um I don't know like is there any inspiration you could give somebody that I would love to run what 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 is one little thing I mean because in my mind I'm like I can't do a half marathon it, it's start slow so when I first started I couldn't run down my driveway, <laughs> around the, the house next to me and onto the trail without having to stop. Um, so probably maybe 200 meters, Okay, I ran that and then I started walking. And then when I felt a little bit better, I ran again. And slowly but surely, that's crazy. I built, uh, I built to be a runner. Yeah, that's cool. So I want to know just a little bit about, because I know some interesting things about you, but I'd love for the audience <laughs> to know. Tell me, I know you've got experience catering for mm-hmm. some pretty powerful folks, mm-hmm. but tell me about your life before you got to the States. Okay. So um, I was born in England where I lived till just eight years okay. of age, and um, my dad worked on a steel mill, which uh, well, actually, it was still in gas, and it shut down, and he got a job in South Africa. So we all packed up and moved to South Africa. Wow. Um, which was fantastic, but um, a very different time. There was no internet. We weren't 
call in family. There was no FaceTime, you know, none of that. Yeah. Um, so I did most of my schooling and got to be part of some really neat things in South Africa. Um, I was uh, able to vote to be one of the people to um, uh, have Nelson Mandela released, a fantastic oh, part of history to be cool. to be there for. Um, wow. And then, um, so did my schooling. Um, I'm actually an analytical chemist, so that's what I went to uh, university for. Did that for a little while in South Africa, um, and then had the opportunity to go travel back to England. My family have always, vacations always been a big, big thing for my family. Even when we had no money, we were in a small little, um, what we call a caravan, and you call maybe something a little different, okay. <laughs> um, a fifth wheel kind of like thing. Like an RV or yeah. a, a small camper. Yes, yes, yeah. like a camper. Um, and so when I got the opportunity to go back to England as a young adult, I hadn't been back since yeah. I left at eight years of age. We went back and I just felt right at home, uh, went back to South Africa, quit my job and said, I'm going back. So oh my goodness. As a, in my early 20s, I went back to England on my own. Um, was that intimidating? It, it sounds it like it probably was, wasn't. <laughs> it was a little, but I think I had some friends there. Um, and I had some family still what was there. That, what was that main pull for you, friends and family? Or was it you said you felt right at home when you went back? What? I just felt at home. It was just I I wanted to go back and I wanted to live in London. Mm. And I quit my job um, in South Africa and went to 10 Bar because I figured, well, if everything else goes wrong, at least I can, you know, 10 Bar. Yeah. I, so, um, but fortunately, I was traveling through Europe, uh, got offered a position in London um, as a chemist and stayed doing that for two or three years, then had the opportunity to um, go into business. And it was actually at that company that I met um, the chef who was uh, preparing food in the cafeteria. And we actually went into business together um, in London, a very um, wonderful, high-profile clientele, did a lot of work on the boats um, that go up and down the Thames. Um, wonderful experience, absolutely fantastic. And that was really my first time to go out kind of on my own um, and do something completely with no with no safety net. You yeah. know, there was nobody there to catch if... if How did I, that make I, you feel? Um, I was absolutely petrified, to be perfectly honest. I remember the first wedding that we were going to be doing I was in tears that morning I couldn't I couldn't get over my nerves that afternoon the bride and groom at that that we catered for were so thrilled that we were there to really get their whole rest of their life started for them it just turned for me and so I loved that I always used to joke and say I really need to get a real job because it was just so much fun um, however, all good things come to an end. I ended up going back into um, my analytical chemist job, um, which I really didn't want to be in. It was research, and I said that I move kind of fast and like to hustle, and research was just yeah. not where it was for me. Um, and I was actually sitting at my office, at my desk one day, and they knew that I was unsettled. Mm-hmm. 
And one of my colleagues actually slid a piece of paper across the desk to me and it was a chemist position here in the States. And he said, here you go, this is what you need to do. And I had no wow. intention at all of coming here. Um, and I applied and came over, interviewed. It was um, just outside of Philadelphia um, interviewed and within six weeks I literally arrived at Philadelphia airport with two suitcases Wow! and yeah that was 20 years ago now oh my goodness okay so so you did that because I know you've been in real estate about 12 years I'm trying to right. do the math so you right. probably did that for about eight years is that about what happened and then how did how on earth did you settle into real estate so the reason that I actually got into real estate was because I met my husband um, and we decided we wanted to invest. And we met with a realtor and the realtor told us at the time we were both here on visas. Mm -hmm. And we were told, oh, no, you can't invest in the United States because you're not a citizen. And I didn't like that answer. And so I, in case you've never told Karen, no, <laughs> it just doesn't work out well. So I can only imagine what you felt. I can just imagine you in that moment. Oh, my goodness. So that just fueled you. Absolutely. So I said, well, I'm going to educate myself and went to real estate school. And at the time, we were just starting to, we'd figured out a loophole <laughs> and kind of worked around things a little bit. And we were in the middle of our first rehab that we'd done without um, actually closing on the property, which is, you know, uh, oh. a, little, <laughs> a little crazy. But um, went to realtor school, decided, well, I've done my license, I've done all the studying, let's do it. And so... Um, my first daughter, um, my only daughter, my first child was born and I decided that was a great opportunity. So whilst I was on maternity leave, I took my test, went and found myself a brokerage, hung my license, negotiated with my corporate job to switch to four days a week so that I could do real estate one day a week. That's awesome. So that's how it started. It was slow. And it was in Philadelphia. And it was in Philadelphia, yes. And slow and steady, um, I did a lot of work for Sphere. You know, there was a lot of client recommendation, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But I never really jumped in. Um, you know, I wanted that security, that yeah. job. I the, wasn't yeah. sure, you know, and... Unfortunately, I believe that my lack of jumping in was the hindrance to actually me taking off in real estate in Philadelphia. And it was only when we came here to East Tennessee, um, which we landed here because my husband got a, a, a job offer. And what I said was, well, that's fine. We can move to East Tennessee. Um begrudgingly, um, I'll be honest, yeah. um, but the condition was I don't want to go back to work. So if I'm moving to Tennessee, I want to be a stay-at-home mom. So we did. We packed up. We moved here. And um, I can't imagine you. 
Not that being a stay-at-home mom is a sit-still kind of job, but I cannot imagine you not hustling. So let me tell you what was going on during that time. I was back to the running. Mm -hmm. So I was actually training to do an ultra marathon in South Africa. It's called the Comrades. And some friends of mine there are runners. And we kind of all got together and thought, hey, let's go and do this ultra marathon. Some of them had done it in the past. And so I spent my days running. I mean, I was probably running or training or doing something between three and seven hours a day, five days a week towards running. Wow. So, and the rest of the time I got to go on field trips I got to, um, I would go to school. Um, I even participated in marking grades to help the teacher out. So I got to do all sorts of things that I had never, ever Mm -hmm. been able to do before. So I actually had a great time. I really did. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. For a while. <laughs> How long is a while? How long did you do the the stay-at-home mom and runner and all that? How long did you do that before you're like, I can't, I've got to? About eight months. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then it was, you just dove in with everything? So what happened was I actually made friends with another um, of the parents, another mom um, at the kids' school, mm-hmm. and she invited me to go and talk to her broker. She had actually was in real estate for a couple of years and we'd gotten to chatting. And I said, you know what, if there was ever a time to jump in full full force into real estate, no. that was the time to do it. And so I did. I jumped in and um, just took off. Oh, from my there. goodness. So fast forward, so Karen Karen and I met at a at a brokerage last summer. You we were I was new to real estate and you were newer to that brokerage and you mm-hmm. were brought on, I believe, to really develop the Sevierville market. That's right. Yes. Right? Yes. And so I remember the day that you came in to, you know, to meet with the broker. And I remember I, you know, I raised the little window in my room and yes, I introduced myself. I and, that. You, and you had your packed lunch, which now I know I think Eddie packs for you <laughs> and make, always make sure you're taken care of with your snacks, you know, super healthy, high quality snacks. And mm-hmm. um, it was shortly after that. And I thought, man, this woman's got a lot, a lot of wisdom in that brain. And it makes sense now you're, you're very analytical with your training and your schooling and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But Tell me, did you think that you would get, did you even know, I guess you did know what investment type deals, because mm-hmm. in real estate, I feel like a lot of new realtors don't understand that. Right. We we are residential and, and we might can sell a cabin, but can we talk about what it looks like to an investor? How on earth did you kind of feel about the investment side of things? I guess you were kind of comfortable because of what happened in Philadelphia, So, but you just have a knack for it. Well, actually, um, so to go back a little bit to Philadelphia, we actually did do a few um, okay. uh, rehabs, and I actually we, we do actually still have some long-term rental properties 
up there. Um, and the reason for that is because we got on board with, um, I read a book and the book is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And it's Robert Kiyosaki. And he talks about independently being financially free, independent wealth, you know, stop going to your job to earn your money. Yeah. There's another way. And so we really didn't know <laughs> what we were doing at that stage, but we kind of jumped in. And so I had some knowledge, prior knowledge of that kind of rental market of, you know, what it takes, yeah. you know, what kind of returns you can expect, that sort of thing. What I was not familiar with is the short-term rental market. So when I first re-engaged my license here, um, that was a big learning curve for me. Very exciting learning curve. The opportunities that I discovered are available here in East Tennessee for the short-term rental program is absolutely crazy. But you absolutely have to educate yourself. Um, I may be an analytical chemist, but I'll be honest with you, I have spent more time and money on educating myself in investments and real estate mm -hmm. because, you know, when people are spending a lot of money, you need to be very careful about making sure you know exactly what you're talking about. So you can give good advice Absolutely. and help people. Um, so I kind of started out doing it for myself. So learning the short-term investment side of things and not only that, but how to help people creatively. I couldn't oh afford to just go and buy you know, an overnight rental cabin. And there's a lot of people out there who just need somebody who has a little bit more knowledge, who can be a little creative, um, colour outside the lines Absolutely. a little bit sometimes, um, just to, um, you know, really get things going. And because the opportunities are so great, it's so important that you really learn about what is going on. So um, I appreciate you, you know, saying that I do have a lot of you knowledge. Do. I really have tried very hard to to be that wealth of knowledge because it's a lot of money that people are investing yeah. and people are trusting with us. So, And let's be honest, your clients are like, they trust you a lot. Karen is an absolute force in in that market it is and I've actually heard you I've been lucky enough like I like I said to to be on the mentee side of and I feel like I can have a conversation now with an investor where I couldn't mm -hmm. months ago I couldn't have done that you can, and of course. So, so I feel so much more empowered I can work that market now because of what Karen has taught me but I've heard you on the phone many times when we've had these calls with with investors mm -hmm. and I've learned what to say and I've learned um you know I've kind of talked to my friends about did you know you could buy a cabin and you'd like here there's kind of some creative ways to get financing and things like that so um the fact that you know that stuff I don't know if everybody knows that and it just sets you apart your clients are trusting you with some huge yeah. purchases talk to me about um 
your favorite type of client to work with? Because I've been in the car with Karen. I've, I'll be in passenger seat. She'll be driving. And I will have the phone. And I, you know, I'm holding it for her so she can hear. I've got her laptop open with a hotspot so I can, you know, help navigate anything <laughs> I need. And I'm hearing the client say, uh, yeah, that one that was a million two. Let's just go ahead and write an offer on that. They're calling her from not here, from from other places, and they're saying, go ahead and put this one under. They they trust you with these decisions yeah. because you are such a wealth of knowledge. So tell me, first of all, what's your favorite client to work with? Is it somebody that's not here? Is it somebody that is here? What it, what, what does that look like? So to be honest, um, I love working with people from out of town because I love to help people. Um, and that, for me, when I can impart some knowledge whenever I'm talking to people I always try and educate them so that they will know what I know and so people that are not in town I feel like I can really help them because I can be their eyes their you know I'm their person here so building up that rapport and that trust definitely takes um takes a lot of time it takes um, you know, really knowing what you're talking about and proving it. Yes. I have a lot of clients that are, you know, back with me buying their third, fourth, fifth cabin sometimes because I have never had a client where I have sold them an investment that I wouldn't buy myself or that I haven't fully explained the return that they are going to get. So, when somebody puts their trust in me and I make a recommendation to them, it is based on running those numbers, looking at what I know about the area. And then a client gets to experience that for themselves and says, you know what, Karen was right. Absolutely. This is what is actually happening. And that's when I get the best clients who trust me for that second or third cabin. So what Karen, when she's talking about these investments, you have a cabin, say half a million dollar cabin, and then you have a rental projection or a rental return that you can expect right. every year. So talk, can you talk to us, just dumb it way down for, for those of us who may not have any experience actually buying these. What does that look like right now? What's our return? What kind of rental projections are we seeing? Let's just use a half million dollar cabin for easy, just for a starting point. Can you talk to us a little bit about return and rental? Sure. So at the moment, Half a million dollars is, when it comes to purchasing a cabin, is going to get you anything from a one-bedroom cabin, which sounds crazy, but, you know, we're in the Smoky Mountains and beautiful views and things like that are what we're all about. So all the way up to maybe a three-bedroom cabin. So when we talk about return, it's not necessarily based on like more in residential where it's number of bedrooms is going to get you more return. There's so many other things that go into it, like the views, the amenities. The amenities, yeah. You know, some of the cabins we have have indoor private pools. Some of the one-bedroom cabins even have those. So games, you know, people look at what are we going to do if it's raining when it rains in the Smokies? 
we want something to do at the cabin. Yeah. So that something like that is there. Is it close to things? You know, there's a lot of different things. Everybody always thinks, oh, it's got to be, it's got to have views, and that's it. And there are so many other factors that go into cabins. Mm-hmm. Some people just want to be right next to the parkway because yeah. we have so many great restaurants. There's so much fun to yes. be had in the area. So all of those things go into consideration when you're looking at a rental return. So something that's going to cost you about $500,000, at the moment, you're probably looking somewhere in the range, and I I have to say a range, obviously, because it's going to depend on condition and, you know, marketing, all sorts of different things. But somewhere in the range of between about 50 to 60, maybe 65 if it has something really special, but around that $500,000 mark, that's about where you are. So maybe an eight and a half to a 10 year payoff? Is yeah, that, is that absolutely. That's exactly right. Uh, yeah. Somewhere between eight and a half to 10 years is right where we are. And when I say that, what I'm referring to is gross rental, rental yep. income, which is basically what you are getting from the overnight, you know, overnight price by the the amount of occupancy that you're having. So, um, yeah, that's about where we are right now. There are some mitigating factors that may change this, but what, what we're finding is that those kind of returns, a lot of my investors are still able to actually carry a mortgage. Mortgage rates are so low yeah. still for investors, so they're able to mortgage a property, pay that mortgage, pay for the maintenance, the care of the cabin, have some time at the cabin themselves absolutely, and put a little bit of money in their pocket. So they're able to basically have an investment that's paying for itself with having to use very little of their cash to do it. Absolutely. And that's why Karen is such an asset because she can kind of walk you through um, if you've been thinking about something like this, but you're just not sure how to get started or, oh my goodness, I can't qualify to, to buy a half million dollar home. There are creative ways that I believe yes. Karen can can help. But not only that, just just the education that you're going to get with her and the market. And um, it, it is just, it's huge. So, you know, I think we have the discussion quite often that, you know, the Smoky Mountains is for lack of a better word, travelable by 75% or so of the United States within eight hours, which makes us, even during the past pandemic, you know, it makes us, um, you know, a a great spot. You you can still quarantine while you're here or you could, you know, there are so many people are still coming to the Smokies and that's why you are seeing everybody, you know, Karen's phone does not stop ringing. So there's that. (laughs) Well, talk to me about what in what fires you up in real estate? What absolutely makes your feet hit the floor every morning? Finding those great investment properties, I'll be honest with you, that is what I love when I can help somebody get a cabin that's going to help them with whatever it is. You know, for me, it's important to find out what fires my clients, to be honest, you know, sometimes people are looking for a place to bring their grandkids. Sometimes it's 
or about the investment so that they can get some passive income so that they don't have to work. It's about retirement, that kind of thing. So I really kind of specialize in finding out what it is that you as the investor or second home purchase or even, you know, primary residence, mm-hmm. but what you are looking for and then going and finding it. And so that's what makes me get up and go and do it is because you've told me what you want. I'm on a mission to find it. And I believe that. And <laughs> and you, I feel like you work a ton. So how, how do you actually balance your work and your, your home life? With difficulty, <laughs> to so, be honest. <laughs> and and I, I figured, but do you make yourself slow down? Do you? Yes, I do. You have to, to be honest. Um, in fact, um, next week I am taking my family to go um, to a lake house in Virginia um, that actually belongs to a client of mine who owns some cabins already and is actually purchasing some more. And because of his success that he's had on the overnight rental market here in the Smokies, he has now decided that he's going to put his lake house on the overnight rental program that he's owned for nearly 20 years and it has sat there doing nothing. And I'm going to be his first guest. So That is so um, cool. Yeah, that's really neat um, and a neat opportunity. But yes, Having to force myself to slow down is important. Um, I bet your mind just goes all the time. It does. Yeah. It does. But, you know, we spoke about, you know, I was able to take eight months off and that was all I could do. So yeah. I love that. Um, I do have to make commitments. I make commitments to my kids that force me to do things like I'm soccer mom on Tuesday afternoons. I take my minivan, I go and round up all the kids and... <laughs> We all go to soccer practice. Now, I normally get to run whilst they're yep. at practice, so I'm always trying to utilize my time, but I do force myself to slow down and spend time um, with the family. It is very important, and believe me, it is. there is so much to do in this real estate market that I could work all the time, Absolutely. to be honest. And so you really have to put some boundaries down and make commitments. And sometimes it's my kids that hold me accountable, to be honest. They're like, hey, mom, you need to promise, you know, yeah. close your computer. Yep. Let's go play some volleyball. So I yeah. know that you guys love to vacation. So yes. I have to ask, I believe I've heard Karen say, I do this so that I can vacation. Yes. I believe I've heard that. Yes. Tell me your yes. favorite place you've ever been. Oh, Park City, Utah. Really? Yes. Skiing. That was this year. We've been twice now. Um, We already have it booked for next year again. Why is that your favorite? You've you've swam with sharks. You've why? (laughs) Why is Park City? Um, I think because it's so much a family vacation. We all ski. Well, actually, my daughter and my husband now snowboard, but we get to spend the day together on the slopes. we all exhausted cool. at the end of it. We jump in the hot tub. We, mm. you know, have some great food and then do it all again the next day. That's and cool. so that is fantastic. Um, though I will tell you, my kids just got certified as scuba divers. That is really so, cool. Yes. Yeah, so very, very excited to share that passion with them. Um, yeah, my husband and I have scuba dived 
all over the world. And so um, our first scuba diving trip, we're actually going to Colombia this summer. Um, And we're going to be snorkeling with the whales and we're hoping to get some scuba diving done with the kids then. So, yes. I know you're so excited. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, Vacation, it was something that my parents imparted to me work hard put your head down work hard but definitely taking a vacation is important and I think because we are totally a multinational family my husband's actually his family's from Brazil so you know we are completely international so we feel that getting our kids to other places Mm. is important. You know, they need to know that there's a whole big world out there and so many beautiful places to go, um, both in in the States. We've traveled, I think, last count, we'd been to like 33 states. So still a little. Actually, (laughs) I was at Hawaii recently, so that's another one. So 34 now. Um, But not just within the States, but to travel the world. I love that. Mm-hmm. I just feel like that would expand. If I'd had, you know, that type of travel, yeah. it just expands your whole, I guess, outlook, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Well, Karen, I feel like I could talk all day to you, <laughs> but what I'd love to encourage the viewers to do is if you have questions for Karen about investing mm-hmm. um, or travel, she'll probably love to talk <laughs> about either, drop them down in the comments or reach out to her directly. We're going to, we'll put your phone number and everything down in the comments. <laughs> what is the best way for somebody to connect with you? Is it Facebook? Is it email? What do you prefer? To be honest, my phone number my phone never leaves my side. Okay, well, go and ahead. So, Give us your phone number. Um, so best number to get me on is 865-607-9565. If you can send me a text, I am more than happy to help in any way I can. And just answer your questions. She'll be the best advisor for anything investment. Um, I think a lot of us aspire to be at that level one day, but Karen is phenomenal. So go ahead and send her those questions and tell her you found her here on the High Impact Podcast. Karen, thank you so much for being with us. Just a wealth of knowledge. Thank you for everything you've done for me. I feel like I'm a better person because of the things that I've learned from you. So thank you so much. Um, I feel like we have a lot of the same energy and it's mm-hmm. just, it's, it's great to have that person who knows a different market and you can just kind of pull from and learn from and you never mm-hmm. get, or you never seem exhausted with my questions. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. And um, reach out to Karen for anything you guys need and stay tuned for another high impact podcast next week. It'll, it'll roll out just like normal, but um, Karen, thank you so much. Thank you. Hillary. Thank you. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> Good. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Bye guys. <laughs>